you're gonna put that one. on. Where am I gonna put it? Put it on your little satchel thing. <laughs> it's on a satchel. Fanny pack? Oh yeah, put the mic facing down too. <laughs> Look, we're having some technical difficulties this morning. Kate's just done. Um, Justin is in a mood. He hates me, but he did buy me coffee, which means he does care about me. Deep, 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 deep down. You're like the Grinch. That's what you are. You have a heart. It's down there somewhere. We just gotta pull it out. <laughs> To um, give some context to this, Justin's been making fun of me for the past like two hours. <laughs> and we haven't, last we haven't night. been together for two hours. It's only been one hour. Last night, he called me when I was half asleep and berated me for all these things that I didn't know that I did. <laughs> um, and then I got over it because I was being. Because you're a big girl. A, a little battered about it. Yeah. <laughs> She was like, what do you mean you didn't get a reservation for this? And I'm like, well, since you're not cool and don't have this pass like me, you have to make a reservation, which is, you just screwed cool, us. whatever. No. Thanks. Okay. Um, we are at Solitude, currently sitting, looking at the mountain. The sky is awake. Finally, we drove up here in the snake at, what time? 6.40? 6.40. Miserable. Miserable. Didn't even get up to 45 at all during the canyon. A problem. Um, Trust but we, was active, but that's not an excuse. Yeah, Brighton was like completely full <clears throat> when I tried to get a reservation last night. So here we are at Solitude. It's going to be a great day, but we are being lighthearted because we're about to actually talk about something really deep. What are we talking about, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think we actually talked about a different one, but that has to be the last episode. So we're going to talk about the third to last episode. <clears throat> um, which is what has, well, what did God do for me and what has God done for me? What is God doing for me? For me. Present yeah. tense. Specifically, Anna Right now. Yeah. What, what, right now, Justin, what is God doing for you? I think Giving he's building your just, capacity. And, uh, yeah, of patience. <laughs> just barrels of patience showering down. <laughs> oh. it's, it looks like a blizzard, but it's actually just patience for God me. God knew we needed to be friends. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> you're like... I ask him every day. Because, like, you're, like, <clears throat> not a dark cloud, but when I'm around you, I feel like I'm the happy one. Why is that? Because <laughs> you you think that I like you more than I do. Yeah, I, <laughs> I do, think. actually. I think that you really care about me. If I was, like, dying, I think you'd take a bullet for me. <laughs> I would... No, you I would, would not. just put that bullet in your skull. <laughs> Wow, he hates me. Okay. Kidding, I wouldn't do that. I mean, maybe. Um, we're talking mood. about Jesus Christ. Jesus sacrificed I'm sorry. everything. Do you want to meet him sooner or have <laughs> me take the bullet so we can go together? Oh, I'd prefer yeah. not to go, but, you know, I guess that's just me. I can't wait to get to heaven. It's going to be great. I don't know what it's going to be like. Want I know to nothing you get about there? it, but I no, no, no. I want to help you in two ways. I'm, I'm not, not yet. It's not time. <sighs> I don't need any assist with that. I think it'll happen when it happens. Everyone needs an assist to get to heaven. Okay, that was taking what I said out of context, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So what? What's? What are we talking about? Oh how yeah. God, how has God, how, how's shaped, God shaped you? How um, has He made you into the woman that you are today? That's is there a great any question. Lots of pain moments? and suffering. Um, truly, uh, genuinely, when I, I was going back through some old journals recently, and I was looking at things that I was writing, like. I don't know, six years ago. So six years ago was when I started some intense therapy. So I've been in therapy since I was 12, actually. Um, but there's only so much you can talk about slash work through when you're 12 slash a teenager and you're really egocentric and all you do is think about yourself. And then I became an adult and life got hard. And so I'm like 21 years old walking into therapy and being like, why am I so dysfunctional? <laughs> And I still ask that question. <laughs> Honestly, Justin, we wouldn't be friends if you knew me six years ago. <laughs> You've been doing therapy since you were 12 and you're still not better? Jeez. Wow, he is 100% ripping on my trauma. <laughs> it's okay, I'm not sensitive about it anymore. Um, I used to be. So, <laughs> um, all she's that to say. She's internally crying. Inter- yeah, last night I was not internally <laughs> crying. I was just. She was whiny. externally I was crying. Externally <laughs> I heard it. Um, uh, we've already talked about how I have lots of big feelings. So, okay, back to the question <laughs> how did we get here? So, I started going to therapy. Honestly, therapy is great, but it's not really the thing that changed me. It was a avenue and a catalyst to me talking about things. But then really along the way, God brought a lot of different people into my life who were just like good people that love the Lord. And I think how I got here was less so therapy and more so just good relationships. Like I think that therapy can be overutilized. There's a lot of therapeutic language in our culture that can be used out of context. Look, if you go around and every five seconds say you're triggered by something, you're doing it wrong. I'm sorry. As a therapist, stop it. Everyone is triggered by something all the time and it's starting to drive me up a wall. If you are a person with trauma and you actually know what being triggered feels like, you will understand and be angry with me when other people who are not triggered and just have a little bit of anxiety go around saying that all the time. <laughs> it's like being triggered and dissociating quite literally your brain leaving your body is not the same thing as being upset because someone made you mad or sad or whatever. Mm-hmm. So not trying to invalidate anyone's feelings, but like let's use language correctly <clears throat> and stop overutilizing it because it's causing me some frustration, clearly. Yeah. All so that to I say. unfortunately can't say that Anna Kate triggers me when she just is talking. Yeah. You can't say that. Apparently that's not okay. It's not appropriate use of the word. But it is true sometimes. <laughs> you can say, you make me upset. It's how I feel. It's how I feel. Okay, so <laughs> all of that to say, I think what, I, what I'm getting to is... The bottom line is what heals you is not the therapy. What heals you is a relationship with someone who cares enough to have hard conversations. So I had quite a few people um, shout out to some of my best friends, Leanna, Sarah, Ashton, who in Memphis, because that's where I'm from, who genuinely walked with me through some really, really difficult, dark, hard seasons. And they were not my therapists. They were just my friends. Um, and they were with me in a lot of like pain, honestly, just like letting me cry a lot, letting me be sad, letting me 
work through a lot of hard things and in the process like it in the moment didn't feel like anything was happening but now like looking back six years ago I am a vastly different person from starting a process of what we would call a therapeutic process of getting to know myself like I just started getting to know who who am I like I had to ask the hard questions of okay I have this behavior that's dysfunctional where did that come from oh maybe I had a hard relationship with this person in my life and that made it difficult for me to relate to other people because of blank. Anyways, Mm. all those things, I think it's just a process of life. Like you continue to get to know yourself over time. So the work isn't done. Like I wouldn't say, oh, I'm healed. That doesn't exist. But I would say I'm in a healing process continually. And right now I feel really like stable in my personality and my sense of self and who I am. And God facilitated all of that. Honestly, the people who came into my life came in exactly the right time for me to be able to, to figure all that stuff out. So yeah, God shaped me a lot with relationships with people. He's even doing it right now with Justin, giving me hard times all the time, pushing me to be a better version of myself by being just direct. Yeah. Sure. Blunt. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you tough battles. It's... Tough love. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone needs some tough love. Yeah, that's true. There, there comes a point that. where, with your friends, you kind of just need to tell them how it is and just be like, "Look, this is gonna be hard to hear, and you can be mad at me. You probably will be, but you're doing this, and it's wrong. And or you're doing this, and you're not doing this, and this is what you should be doing. You need to get it together, figure it out. I can help you." But everyone needs to be kind of called out once in a while for actions or behavior or something like that. And oh, it stinks sure. to be the one that does that. But, uh, yeah, it's it's meant to help you. But you, you can't just go and flat out attack them. Just be like, your life is horrible. You need to figure it out. Like, my gosh, this is just awful. You have to be like, look. He does do that sometimes. Okay, me? <laughs> Um, I will say, I will say it's the reason that Justin and I wouldn't have been friends a year ago though, is because I think that certain people are not, I'm learning recently, which I would love to know your thoughts on this, Justin, because you're much better at telling the truth maybe than I am, (laughs) but there are certain times and ways to tell the truth that are better than others. And I know this because I've recently had some conflict in some relationships where I told the truth too soon and caused some really actually like deep wounds for some people and didn't realize that I was. And it was like, I could have waited a month or a couple of weeks to have this conversation when that person was in a better place to hear what I had to say. And that's why I'm saying like, we wouldn't have been friends six years ago. Cause had you been this person that you are now, I would have completely rejected that and been like, I am too overwhelmed too emotionally stunted, sensitive, whatever you want to call it to hear the truth. I was not ready for that. But I think that that's true even like in what looking at Jesus's life, like you can see there are certain people he interacts with differently based on their position in life. Like the Pharisees talks to them vastly different than just like the everyday, like average, like to his, either his disciples, he talks to them differently than he does to like the woman at the well, for Mm. example. Like he talks to each of them differently. He's always telling the truth, but the way he does it is different. So the delivery is different. Right. And the timing, I think too. Thoughts on this? Well, I mean, I don't know if we can talk about Jesus's timing necessarily because I think he was always exactly where he needed to be while he well, was living. So. He was perfect. And, you know, he didn't have, like, a helicopter <laughs> if I had to walk everywhere. So, like, 
you know, let's give that a break real quick. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, his his delivery was different. And same with like St. John the Baptist. I mean, he literally called a bunch of people, you brood of vipers, which is uh, awesome. It's like my favorite insult in the Bible. <laughs> is And I try to You do strike me as a John that. the Baptist type. Oh, yeah. I, I would love... He's got like longer well, hair. Well, so I go to St. John the Baptist. Scraggly beard. He yeah. could like maybe live out in the desert for yeah. like months at a time. I go to St. John the Baptist Paris Just to give you in a Draper. better picture of Justin. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, my hair, it really is long. I so, uh, how did God, like, get you where you are? Um. You John the Baptist type you. <laughs> um, I mean, there's been a lot of different, I think, avenues. Um, one of them, probably the biggest one, has been injuries. Mm, um, I have, it's something I don't talk about a lot. Uh, because it kind of just like hurts my brain to talk mm-hmm. about it sometimes, but I have suffered about five concussions in my life and the injury time to full recovery has been with all of those concussions has been about a year, like 12 months, maybe 13 months. So essentially I, I think about that as like, I have lost like a year of my of life, life just like recovering from concussions because you can't do everything at full, full capacity strength. yeah no. so like obviously can't play sports you can't even really think at full capacity I couldn't really do school I had to take different classes I like I was in more advanced classes and I had to scale back and go to the class before just because like I literally couldn't keep up mm. but where I was in my advanced classes like it was where kind of the less advanced class was so I just needed to finish out that take their tests instead and then they kind of called it even but yeah like my memory was just not good Mm. I couldn't recall things that I'd said seconds ago 10 seconds 20 seconds ago I had to have people read me back stuff and I had to opt out of a lot of different things just because Mm. it was like I just like can't focus like screens hurt I can't watch tv can't look at a laptop can't look at my phone can't read because like words on a paper like mm-hmm. it's just you don't think about those things in the day-to-day and no, it's just, just do them. Yeah. you just do it and like yeah you might have a little headache one day you take a nap and you're better you know after like an hour but like it was just daily that it was just not good and the doctors were of course very great and they're like these are the things you can start to do now like mm-hmm. the first thing one of the first things I was allowed to do with screens was like watch TV, but it was like watch sports because sports are mindless. You're just watching the flow of play as it goes out. You're watching someone score a goal and celebrate versus like a TV show or a movie where you're watching something and like you have to kind of understand and remember it's like, Oh yeah, that character was in the beginning. He's now the villain or whatever. And like we saw him for four seconds in Mm -hmm. the beginning and now he's here again. Right. Like I, if I, I don't remember watching anything like that, but if I did, there was just stuff like, who is that guy? Like that doesn't even make sense. Like I don't get, your brain just was like not attaching to the idea of the movie. It's just like, it wouldn't really make sense. And that's nothing that, you know, I was doing. Of course I was very innocent trying to remember all of those things but like how how can you know right like your brain is just kind of messed up and I was younger I was 14 through 18 when I got all of these so um oh actually I was gonna say mm, not in college no I had one in college (laughs) that's what I thought yeah um so I guess 20 probably um yeah 
So. <laughs> so like what happened in that for you in the space that you're saying like you met yeah. God in these moments? So, I mean, the recovery was annoying, of course, because I feel like I can't do anything. I felt like I could, like, but as soon as I started doing it, mm-hmm. it would just wouldn't go well. I would just try to start reading. I would try to start doing my homework. And I couldn't do any of it. Like, physically, I couldn't. Mentally, I couldn't. Um, and if I know you I, at all, Justin, you like to be independent. Yeah. Well, and maybe that's the stem off of all of this stuff. Because for so long, I had to rely on my parents to do stuff and my brothers to do stuff and, and sister as well like couldn't help set the table because I you know might walk into something and not realize it just because your motor skills are off right so um I think I think I didn't realize it at the time maybe because I couldn't process it you know right sure, but sure. later on I kind of realized like okay I needed to take a step back and um like meditate or deeply pray about all of these things mm-hmm. and I think that eventually I ended up helping like later on like for my later concussions it was very much like okay like you know I've had three so far mm-hmm. like I know what this feels like okay let's just do this uh-huh. um and from there I would, would was able to kind of develop like a really good faith life and mm. I mean one of the things that you can do when you have a concussion is pray a lot yeah. you know like you're just you time you, well you're not doing anything right. really right so and like that doesn't really take energy if i don't remember the prayer it doesn't matter like right god knows God's what i'm listening. saying yeah and he can probably you know put together the the dots and he's like well if you say the same thing this. over and over again yeah. for days yeah he's like well maybe that's important <laughs> maybe he just doesn't remember it i don't know so um but I, yeah, I, I think I think during that time I, I started to build my faith life a little bit more, more so than I ever had before. Um, and around that time was when I started going to, um, oh my gosh, what's it called? Uh, St. Louis um, Church in Buffalo. Um, I'd been going to um, the church on campus at Canisius. And wasn't a huge fan of it. Didn't didn't love all of the um, homilies. Thought they were a little boring sometimes. No offense. Um, <laughs> if but, you're listening to this, <laughs> and sorry. you go there. <laughs> um, but I think one of the priests is tired, which is maybe a good thing. But um, yeah, but I, I started going to St. Louis and. Um, I, I don't remember exactly the circumstances. I think it was literally because I, I missed the morning mass that I would generally go to at, um, at Canisius. And I was like, ah, oh, like there's St. Louis. It's like just down the train line. Like I'll take that real quick and, and go to it. Um, and I'd been by this church before. Like, I guess I'd seen it, but I never realized it was like Catholic because usually Catholic churches are kind of ugly sometimes. So what? I, some of them Maybe are ugly. Buffalo, but we, no, 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 no. We got a couple circle churches out here in Utah. Circle churches? Yeah. One of them looks like a hockey puck. It's, I don't know. Like, Where's this? It's in never uh, seen this one. West Jordan. I forget mm, what it's called. Never been there. Yeah. I have it. Don't go. <laughs> <laughs> We have another one that looks like a, people call it a spaceship crashed. I, that one's ugly too. Like, I mean, I don't get it. It's a triangle. Beauty is important. No, okay, yeah, right. I agree. Yeah, but so like, like some it's of hard them, when you walk into you, a space that's if you like, don't like, like it, yeah. you're not gonna have a good time. Just like if you don't like the music, you're not gonna like it. Right? You know what's so, hilarious about this though? Because I grew up evangelical. 
all of the places I've ever really grew up in church are just warehouses. They're just like a building with walls. And the whole point is just to go and turn yeah. off the lights and sing music and put your hands in the air and listen to it, preaching for like an hour and a half. So like beauty in the Catholic church is like <laughs> very different for me. It's been very, it's been refreshing for me. Yeah. So anything is We've, better, honestly, even the hockey puck, that it's better than like what I grew up <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, at least if you turn the lights off, you can't see anything. <laughs> but inside, you grew so. up in beautiful places. It's just, I'm just saying it's probably True. different for you. Anyways, I started going to St. Louis um, after that, and it was also, for a couple sorry, of reasons. no offense to my evangelical friends. Love. All the offense. No, no, no. They're I ugly just... churches. She said it here. <laughs> I love the beauty of a Catholic church. It uh -huh. is different, and I love it. Okay, keep going. She's winking at me. It's a lie. <laughs> I am not. Do not listen to him. <laughs> Um, yeah, but anyways, I started going to St. Louis, and I, I think I got hooked because I inadvertently went to one of the only masses they have on the weekend that has the organ playing, and um, as soon as it started going, I was like, oh boy, I hope they don't mess this up, because organs can be beautiful, but you yes. have to know how to play it. Yeah, um, complicated instrument. And, yeah, and like, it was just like fantastic, like it was just like deep, it was loud, it filled the whole church, the church is like, it's just gorgeous. Um, and I, I just like, I fell in love with that mass in particular and it wasn't my favorite time. It was that like, I think it was at like 11 AM or something or maybe 1130. Um, I'm an early riser. So I like the early mass more. Um, cause I was kind of like, oh, like my whole day shot, you know, if it's like 11, but I'm like, okay, honestly to go to this one with the organ, like, oh, I can take that. That's fine. Just one day I can still make it back in time for kickoff for Patriots versus Bills. Wow, we're a true fine. sports fan. Back then, yeah, not, not so much now, but, um, but yeah. So I I started going there a lot, and I I would try to get there early because he would warm up on the organ, and then I would stay after sometimes too because he would kind of play like a mm. I I'm calling it a cool down. I don't know what it was. I think he was just playing more for the heck of it because he liked to do it and. They do that sometimes, like once the mass is a, done, like they'll a, kind of have like an not encore. a prologue, but like a postlogue, an epilogue, an epilogue. <laughs> is that the word? Oh, no. Drink more coffee. <laughs> Jeez. A postlogue. A postlogue. Oh my gosh. Okay. Keep going. Okay, we're done with this podcast. No, See we're you not. later. <laughs> See you later. Um. But yeah, I, I used to just kind of like stay sign there. off like that every time. Keep keep talking. Um, and I, we actually should do that. We got to figure out one for summer. <laughs> so this this church. But um, yeah, I I would stay after, and that would kind of be like my. I hesitate to call it a meditation because I don't think it was quite that. I would kind of just sit there in awe sometimes, and just like, I guess maybe definitely consciously sometimes but sometimes unconsciously just like thank god for everything that he's done because i feel like when we pray a lot we ask, ask for stuff for things. Mm -hmm. and we occasionally just being general will say thank you for this and thank you for that and all that but i don't think we do it as much as we probably should oh americans um, lack gratitude for sure yeah and and i guess one one thing that my family does is um at dinner time <laughs> we, you know, say our, our regular dinner prayer, and then after we have, like, a, a Thanksgiving um, 
time for each of us. We can each say something that we're thankful for during the day. Mm. And a lot of times it's like, you know, thanks that I had a good day at school today and that I got a 94 on my test and, mm. um, you know, please help me with, you know, my upcoming math quiz or something like that. Which is like totally normal for Which like is, middle high schooler. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's be kind of, it's come dip, become different, of course, you know, as I'm Get older, yeah. getting older. It's been, you know, thank you for that job interview. I'm really hoping I can get it. You know, please give me patience mm-hmm. um, to wait for a decision. And, um, you know, please help, you know, those people to hire me or something like that. <laughs> or, like, really thank want, you, know? you for this or, beautiful life that we get to live out in yeah. Utah. But, but this, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just different. And, and we, I try to make it as specific as I can. You know, if I'm driving somewhere, I'm like, thank you for protecting me on my drive. Mm-hmm. Um please help me as we continue to drive again tomorrow or thank you for protecting us on this trip. Please help us drive back safely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just being more like um, grateful in general. Yeah. Um, and, but you kind of do both, right? You give thanks and then you can also ask for stuff. It feels weird to just keep asking for stuff without giving thanks because God is of course going to do the best he can, mm-hmm. but since everyone has free will, you know, there's no guarantee that you'll ever be safe on a trip. But um, as long as you're making right decisions, you know, that's great. But, you know, freak accidents happen. And then people are like, well, why does, why did that happen? Like, God can't allow bad things. And Mm -hmm, I'm like, mm -hmm. well, but we have free will. And that's kind of how things happened in the first place. We had a great, we were living in the Garden of Eden. God didn't want robots. But yeah, you know, like (laughs) he he wanted us to choose and we're able to choose that. And unfortunately, one of the things he gave up was control over the world. Yeah. So I, I think people don't they don't know that sometimes and they're like well how did this person die from cancer or it's just easier to blame like easier to blame it's blame it's easier to blame god than anybody else or anything else and it's like well you know we did the best we could but our best you know wasn't enough it's not enough and then that's actually okay i see some of our friends up there i see christian and john michael wow we got friends at the ski lift yeah you can tell okay but so you're saying like basically the season of life for you was about teaching you how to be in prayer and like grateful for your life yeah and 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 that was probably the biggest thing and i i say it spans from like 14 to i guess probably 21 when i graduated college like i think it took me that long to kind of realize all of that because when i was like in my concussions like everything it just just like hurt and Mm -hmm. and yeah and, and i don't remember a lot of it like I, I, I kind of remember bits and pieces and like if my mom tells me about something I'm like oh yeah like I guess that happened, that happened right. but like I don't really I, I don't like think a fully about it memory. yeah and yeah. it's like some of the things I'm just like I don't remember this at all like I, I don't remember it at all and I only remember it because people have told me that you know XYZ is what happened and I'm like okay yeah. like I guess I believe you. I, I have no idea. And, like, that kind of stings sometimes because it's, like, it's my own life and I just, like, don't even remember it happening. But, like, that's just kind of the reality of some of these really bad concussions, so. Well, and, um, like, what we're talking about, it sounds like, it, it's, like, pain. It's yours, your experience is, like, physical pain. Yeah. And, like, how that affected your body and your brain versus, like, well, my experience is more emotional pain. Yeah. But God spoke to us in these, like. Right. Yeah. instances or seasons I, of life yeah I, I think I, I probably <laughs> when I went to St. Louis for the first time like maybe I just needed to sleep that morning or something and I had to scramble and find the church and I think I was on time to it I honestly don't remember <laughs> but um, I, actually no I think I was because I remember the organ warming up mm-hmm. um, 
and then, yeah, I was always making sure to get there. But I, I do think that that helped me a lot, kind of just figure out where to be. And I think it helped me become a little bit more cool and calm and collected in, sure. like, yeah. more stressful situations because it was just, like, I had so much of that um, every Sunday for the better part of, I'll say three semesters. Oh, no, I guess it was just one. There were two semesters. Um I think it was just two semesters um of like my last year of college basically. Um it was just like really awesome and I didn't have a lot to focus on. My mm. focuses were on graduating, getting a job and then just kind of trying to deepen strengthen my my faith life. Um so What's on yeah, the, it sounds I, like that space was really just very impactful for you. I think so, yeah. And it was so much so that when I um, when I did graduate, let's see, I think graduation was a Saturday or something. We stayed the next day, and I told my parents, like, okay, like, we're going to go to St. Louis. Like, mm-hmm. it is the best church. I'm like, don't you want to go to Canisius? I was like, no. No. <laughs> we're going to St. Louis. I want to go to the Oregon one more time. And... I remember that mass so well because I think it was, and maybe it was because I was sentimental because I was leaving Buffalo, but like the organist that day was just like on another level. Like Mm. it was like just so beautiful and it was like loud and deep and powerful. Mm. And, um, my grandparents were there and they like looked at me after and I don't remember exactly what they said, but I remember my grandma just looked at me with an open mouth wide and was just like, that was like mm-hmm. powerful. Like that was a really like I see what you mean mm-hmm. with the organ. Like it really makes it that much better. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like it really is just that good. It's just like it made me feel more connected to the mass, and I think that was great. And my my parents had the same thing. They were just like, that was really good. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is why I wanted to go here. This is why I do go here. And I was I remember crying like during the mass. I don't I don't cry like ever. But I I shed a, I shed a bunch I of tears. I have not seen him shed one tear. <laughs> I shed we have tears, only been like, friends for six months. But. Yeah, but yeah, you'll be lucky if you ever see that. Probably, probably won't. Not expecting it. Well, I maybe. I don't know. Okay, so you but, just like have um, this moment. Yeah, but like I, I remember when the Alleluia started playing, I had a couple like tears come out, and I think it was just like one or two, and I kind of wiped them away. And then at the very end, I was like sad that this was the last time I was going to hear the organ for. I mean, I haven't heard it since. Yeah. That was the May. Future. Yeah, that was May twentieth or something, I think, of twenty nineteen. I haven't heard yeah. it since. Unfortunately, I haven't been back um, for Sunday pass. I've been back to Buffalo. So, oh no, I did go to Buffalo. Just kidding. I flew through for like six hours, but um, not enough time. For the not, not enough time for an organ mass. And, yeah, but yeah, I remember just being sad and I was like I am never going to find a mass as good as that and I still haven't so it's not like one is good they have to compete with the Mormon one but it's not St. Louis so well I think that it's interesting to see how like there are these converse kind of um, experiences of pain and suffering but also joy Mm -hmm. and how you like can find joy in some of the I don't know, like smallest things like beauty brings people joy, beauty, whether that's in music, whether that's in something beautiful that you're looking at, um, 
some experience that you have that is beautiful, you know, and that can bring a lot of, I think, solace to someone who is in pain. I don't know. It sounds to me like the organ and that music brought you a lot of solace in like following a season of like uncertainty and confusion and, you know, a blur of uh, a brain, you know? Well, and and looking back, I think it was... uh, I think about it more sentimentally mm-hmm. at this point, and I am just like that was a that was a pretty good send off for a place that I spent you know the better part of four years in. Yeah. Um, so, and I think maybe you know it gave me a little bit of confidence to kind of go out and you know pursue my like live like, your life. Yeah, and like especially go to Salt Lake, a place mm-hmm. that I'd never been. Um, only like a month later or something. So. <clears throat> Um, yeah, I, I, I think it, I think it was a good send off and I, I think that's one of the experiences, probably the, the most impactful that like has shaped me mm-hmm. and that's kind of how I am now. And I think it, I think it taught me a lot too, because with, you know, recovery from any injury, it doesn't really matter what it is. You have to be patient. Um, you just have to wait for your body to heal because if you mm-hmm. push it too soon, you're going to re-injure yourself or you're going to sure. prolong the effects. It's just going to make it worse. Like concussions are inherently unpredictable i mean i know people that said they've had concussions for like a day or two and i'm like yeah i guess it's classified as concussion but like that was not my experience my first two took five months you know to recover from actually six months to recover from fully till i was able to play like contact sports game speed in a game like just took that long so I'm like, yeah, you had a bad headache for a day, like shake it off. Yeah. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, actually, I mean, like there are things like that. That is like a minor concussion. If, you know, you do have that kind of experience. So like, I get it, but well, it seems like um, the it's na- just, it's just different. But I think for me now it's easier to, to understand that. Cause back then it was like, well, you know, I whacked my head and I was mm. only like out for like a day or two. And I was like, cool. Everyone's experience is different. Yeah. Like. You don't have to, like, rag on me because of it. But, like, yeah, I don't feel great. Like, I want to vomit. I want to throw up. And it's, like, this is, like, not good. And some people are like, well, I couldn't even look at a phone without throwing up. And you're looking at yours. And I'm like, my phone in 2012 was, like, a little slidey thing. There's barely even a screen (laughs) on it. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I was just updating my team, you know, that I'm not going to be able to play for a bit. And then they all Mm -hmm. dogpiled me. And I'm like, I think you guys are supposed to have my back. But, yeah, cool. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Appreciate this. So. The name of the game is patience. I think like that, it seems like a lot of times God is working, but we don't always see it until Mm -hmm. you're looking back. Like, you're looking back at these moments. And, like, that's how I feel now, too, is, like, how did I get to Utah? We already did an episode on that but like you look back and it's kind of like oh yeah god was present in all of these circumstances Mm. but in the moment sometimes it's hard to see it and like you just have to wait like sometimes you're just in a season of waiting and like waiting for god to show up and waiting for i think uh, like the pain to subside and i mean that for i mean significantly like for people who have like emotional trauma like you know how long it takes it's like 
you're, I've had so many conversations with people over the years that are like, I've been working on this for so long. Why is it still so hard? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, because it takes time and, and you, I mean, sure, God could just magically heal everyone from everything all the time if he wanted to, but I don't think that's largely how he chooses to work. Mm -hmm. He chooses to work within our own choices, within our free will, within the suffering that we have. And right. it takes time, you know, whether that's physical, whether that's emotional. Yeah. I mean, and, and if you're not <laughs> suffering, you're not understanding. If you were just magically better, then you would go right. and do that same thing and then right. get hurt. It's like, well, I'll just get better in a second. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, I yeah. guess if that's how it works. You know, it's not like that, unfortunately. Right. And maybe also, fortunately, it doesn't work like that. We have to learn from, you know, well, mistakes and stuff. And in our culture, I think it's hard because... Like, in the Western world, instant gratification is so common. Mm -hmm. Like, we just live in a world of instant gratification. And I bring this up because something that came to mind as you were talking, um, I have my sister actually uh, has been spending a lot of time with Ukrainian refugees. And she has been telling me some of their stories of, like, them literally fleeing a war. Like, one of them was in his car as a missile's going over his head trying to get across the border. Like, Americans, I mean... We just don't know what that's like. Like, what it, what it, would it be like to literally have missiles flying over your head that could hit your car at any moment? And you are just, like, running away. And from, you're in your and home. And you're terrified. Yeah, you're yeah. home. Like, these are things that we don't really understand. And so it's almost easier for us to live our lives in a way that is, like, seeking instant gratification. You can have anything at the click of a button on your phone at this point. You in, can order in, Amazon same-day delivery as long as you right. spend 25 bucks. Right. You can really, like... <laughs> everything for a cost but like you can have so we have so much and it's uh, even like hearing my sister was talking to one of her ukrainian friends it was a beautiful experience for me to hear this conversation because she was saying to my sister like i owe you because you have for the past like few months taken me in and fed me and like been kind to me like she had to come with nothing basically Mm -hmm. and like didn't even have a work visa for the first like few months she was here so she didn't have money like it was a very complicated process and my sister looked at her and like is a believer and just said you know like you don't owe me anything i want you to hear me say like you have nothing that you need to give back to me. My hope is that like I'm offering something to you. So then you pay it forward to someone else. Like this is Mm -hmm. the gospel, right? Like Jesus sacrificed for us so that we can sacrifice for others Mm -hmm. so that we can go out into the world and share the gospel and like give back to people who are in need. And that's what my sister expressed to um, one of her, her Ukrainian friends. And it was this beautiful conversation. And I like loved being a part of that, but all that to say, I think, it's hard to sit in suffering because we don't know what it's like sometimes in the Western world to just be patient and wait Mm. and be in process and wait for healing to come. You know what I'm saying? Well, and you don't, uh, our problems are of course different, um, but you don't know when that's going to end, whatever that suffering looks like. You don't know when it's going to end. You can put in the work and for some people, it might take a couple of days for some people it might take a right. year or two or more right. you know i like, mean you get a you like can, a ski injury and you go to pt you might be in pt for months a year yeah yeah and then you know if you suffered any emotional trauma from anything like that can take a long time to We're going on 15 years justin just, yeah, that's what i'm saying right like 12 years you can old. you can get better but you might never really get back to 100 percent. you know like, sure. like that's the goal of course is to be fully better but and and maybe fully better, know. fully better, quote unquote, could be, yep, I've been in this situation before. I know how to handle it. It's still going to bring up memories, but I know what I need to do to get right. through it. Right. 
and that's good. They're you know? wearing us the ability. Like, if you still break down, that's actually fine. Right. You know, like as long as you can still push through because you know what to do, I think that's still great. So, speaking as like a non-therapist, yeah. I suppose. Um, but yeah, well, and it brings I, purpose to your life because the experiences that you have, God uses, I believe, to give you the ability to meet other people in those things. Mm-hmm. Like I work in a child abuse clinic for a reason. There's a reason that I do that because I uniquely understand children in that experience and I can meet them there and I get triggered all the time, like legitimately triggered. Like I will have moments where I'm sitting with a patient and my brain just sort of goes foggy and blank. And it's like, Oh, I'm checking in with myself. Cause something happened. Like the kid said something that made me think about myself or whatever it is. But like, I know how to handle what you're saying. Like mm-hmm. I can handle those moments cause I've done so much of the work. It's, it still happens. I yeah. still have the moment. It sucks, but yeah. I can deal with it differently. Well, yeah, and that's fine. You can have the moment, but you know how to push through, right? It's not like you're just ignoring it, pushing through, being bullheaded and be like, yeah, I'll just deal with it later, whatever. Or just being blind to it, denial. Yeah, well, and like like you said, you're just acknowledging. You're like, yep, I remember that. That Mm -hmm. was not fun. Now I can help this, you know, child or whoever get through it because I know what to do to get through it this person doesn't so and I think that gives us a sense of accomplishment too it's like if you can help someone with something that you already know a lot about Mm -hmm. or if you've been through something and you've gotten out on the other side like you're just you feel better about all of that Mm -hmm. um and it feels good to give advice and you know not because it you know lifts you up or inflates your ego or something but it's just like if you truly care about you know whatever it is whether it's your emotional trauma or me helping someone through an injury or something it's just like I've been there. Because I totally don't know what that's like. And I say that because I have a sister-in-law who has had 15 concussions. She talks about it similarly to what you're talking Mm. about. And I can't understand that. You know, so it's like, that's, you know, something that I can't understand that you can like meet someone in Mm -hmm. and help them through. Yeah. Everyone's experience is different for that reason. Right. Yeah. So yeah, God does lots for us all the time. It's a beautiful process. It's hard some days. Mm-hmm. Wow, we're just sitting here looking at the mountain reflecting well, on I, our Yeah, lives. I'm not even looking. I'm zoned out thinking about it all. So, I hope this prompts something for you. Yeah. The listener. Or definitely, yeah, like, I'm thinking of, I just like right now for me, I'm thinking of gratitude, what you said earlier of like, I'm really grateful looking back at my life from where I've been to where I am now. And I think sometimes as Christians, we do forget to be grateful. We can so often be uh, a little whiny, needy. Look, it's not, it's not wrong to be whiny and needy. The Psalms read the Psalms. Lots of, lots of asking in there. (laughs) Lots of pain and suffering. (laughs) Love me some Psalms. Also lots of joy in the Psalms. It's both. Like, there's a lot of pain and suffering and a lot of joy. You have to hold both together. Well, and there is Thanksgiving, too, right? So Right, right. Uh, so. You have to have both. You can't have one without the other. I mean, you can, but you're leading a selfish right. life. Or you're just not or asking not, for enough. Or you're, like, in denial. I think people who yeah. are overly positive are in denial to some of the things that are true. Oh, like, yeah, in the real true. world, right? Yeah. yeah, So you can have both sides of that coin. Yeah. Which I tend to be the overly sad person and sometimes forget that life is good 
And then I know some people who are overly positive and like don't believe that anything's bad with the world. Yeah, and I'm they like, just Wait a second. walk around <laughs> pooping rainbows and vomiting <laughs> sunshine. Um, so we hope for you as a listener that you, I don't know, reflect on like your own past and where God has brought you and the things that he's done for you, the good and the bad, like the hard things that have happened and, and the good that's come out of it too. Hmm. And if you're in a hard season, I would say too, like just encourage you to find people who can sit with you in that. Um, and to go to the Lord. Yeah. Find spaces where you feel present with God, whether that's in a new, maybe you need to a new space. Like Justin found this space that was really beautiful for him. Maybe you need something new that's going to give you a refreshed view of life and yourself. Hmm. Uh, whatever beauty is for you, go and find that. I was about to say the same thing, but you said it way better than me, I think. Nah. You did. You, you no, say I... things <laughs> just as well. Just more intensely. <laughs> more truthful. <laughs> more <What>? truthfully. <laughs> yeah. Uh. No, yeah, and, and if you're in a hard place, you know, it will get better, but you do have to put in the work. And I think you, you can't just will it to happen. You have to accept where you are, say, okay, this is where I am and this is where I want to be. And that's with anything in life. If you're in a job that's, you know, not satisfying or you're going through an injury or you're going through some, you know, trauma or emotional trauma or something like acknowledgement of what you're going through is going to be the most important and then just putting in the work Mm -hmm. it's like you know what to do do the work tick off that first thing all you have to do is that first thing once you tick that off tick off the second thing Mm -hmm. if you've got 30 things okay that's fine only have 28 more it's less now if you only have 10 things like hey you only have eight more like you're almost break it down into manageable parts don't just be like oh i want tomorrow to be Healed. Step 30. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it going to be like, okay, like your bone's broken. That takes six to eight weeks minimum. Right. Okay. That's just how right. long it takes. That's just biology. Maybe if you're a superhuman, it'll take a little bit less than that. But like, that's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. That's okay. It's actually fine. It's better that you don't push yourself. You can still do stuff, hopefully. Um, you know, it might be a little bit different than what you thought. Maybe you spend more time in prayer versus um, doing things actively. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can still do some sort of mm-hmm. workout or something so you're not totally sitting, you know, on your bum all day mm-hmm. doing nothing. It depends what it is, of course. But um, but be patient with yourself. Like, give yourself a little bit give, of grace. Like, yeah. a little bit of a break. Yeah. Seriously. It doesn't all have to happen in a day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Grab some scissors and cut yourself some slack. Is that a dad joke? No. Maybe. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rough quote from uh, Ted Lasso. Oh, I do like Ted Lasso. He's a funny guy. Yeah? He goes through some trauma. I like dad jokes. <laughs> Someone recently, um, to <laughs> change the subject, I was making potatoes for a breakfast hash this weekend. I just want to, so how does this fit into how is God shaped you? <laughs> You're not going to let me tell or my dad joke. what did God do for me? <laughs> Uh, no, no, I think... Oh, maybe it's the, how did God lead you to where you needed to be in your life with potatoes? potatoes. Yeah, 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 we love potatoes. Yeah. Um, God uses (laughs) potatoes every day (laughs) to change our lives. Um, I eat so many potatoes, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, French fries. So, I was making these potatoes, and 
Eric, another shout out. Um, this honestly, I don't know why it's not even that funny. It was just funny to me. So I'm going to laugh about yeah, it. It's going to be podcast. an inside and joke. Maybe no later, one's going to get it. Eric's Justin, gonna listen no, Justin is going to like cut it out later. So it'll be fine. I cut but, out a um, lot. That's the case. <laughs> so we're make, I'm making these potatoes and I'm like, dang, why does it always take potatoes so long to cook? And he looks straight at me at deadpan and says, well, maybe they're Irish. They take a long time to open up. <laughs> Irish men are like the most unemotional people you will ever meet. Uh, hilarious. Uh, okay then. <laughs> I just laughed about that for like three days. Hilarious. I guess I don't get the inside <laughs> joke. I mean, I'm from Boston, but you know, I don't. I don't. You're not Irish. I'm not it's okay. Irish at all. You don't so. understand. Well, neither am I. I'm Czech. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> God did lots for us today and every other day and now we're he's gonna do more for us we're gonna go ski on this nice white powder and it's gonna be a beautiful day i know we actually have no that can't be blue sky i see is that oh, blue sky oh, it's been storming for the past like it. i'll say two weeks roughly i mean it's been off and on but it's just been like cloudy like i haven't really seen blue in in a while at least where i've been um but it's nice to see some some blue skies after all of this this storm uh storm snow storm wave atmospheric river event atmospheric river event yes that is what literally that a thing look mean? it up <laughs> see you come to me for all of your snow knowledge and you're like is it gonna be cold what's the snow like wait it snow 10 inches overnight and i'm like yes do you even watch the snow report no, that's why we have sure to wake no. up at 5 50 to get to the up mountain the freaking mountain yeah. i woke up at 5 45 i did too actually much. i can show you mm-hmm. <laughs> i did i'll show you my my alarm after i'll this show is done. you mine if you show me yours so like that's gonna get cut out <laughs> i'm sorry i'm so awkward <laughs> Okay, anyways, now that we're done talking about God's goodness, we're going to go ski and enjoy our lives. Yeah, the way God truly meant it to be. On the slope. In powder. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) On two sticks, slap to your feet. Or one. Or one. Depends on what you you prefer. Yeah, a monoski or a sideways monoski or a monoski split into two. Lots a monoski where your heel doesn't click in. <laughs> there's lots of options. So many options. I mean, there's like four. Uh, snow oh, blades. Four. You know, you, you've got you've got slightly smaller monoski split in two. All right, let's get out there. <laughs> Woo! We're done with this podcast. <laughs>